Hi everyone, welcome to In Bloom Podcast, or welcome if you're new. My name's Abby Aslan, and I'm the host of this podcast. And this week we are going to be talking about things I've learned in therapy because it's been a little over a year, like a year and a few weeks basically, since I went to therapy for the very first time in my life. And I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, and I also have talked about it a lot on my YouTube channel. But I figured it would be nice to do an episode just reflecting on the last year and the things that I've learned from going to therapy, like my biggest takeaways. And honestly, I think that this episode will be one, really insightful, whether you've been to therapy or not, just to hear the things that I've learned. But two, my hope is that those of you who have been on the fence about going to therapy, or maybe you haven't put much thought into it, or maybe you used to go and you haven't really gone in a long time, whatever it may be. My hope is that this episode can inspire you to get into therapy if you can when you feel ready because I truly think that everyone needs therapy and it's not something that needs to be associated with shameful feelings. And I know growing up, I had friends and I knew people who were in therapy when I was younger, I mean, early elementary school, basically, and it was always really hush-hush. I remember some of my really close friends were in therapy and their parents, I remember, would kind of say, oh, nobody really knows about this, you know, they're just in therapy, and I would just know because I happen to be a really close friend, and I feel like that's probably just not the best way, you know, for it to be introduced in young people's lives and no fault to those parents. I think they were just trying to, you know, I guess make it as normal as possible without like making it a big thing. And I truly think that being first exposed to therapy in that way sort of gave it this weird connotation in my head to where I felt like therapy was just not something that just like anyone went and did. And I thought that you had to get to like a certain point or have something, you know, clinically wrong with you or, you know, you are adults and like a failing marriage or something to go. But that's literally not the case. There are couples who are in wonderful marriages who still go to therapy because it helps so much having an external third party that is not biased, that can truly just be somebody removed from your life to help you through things because some things are a lot harder to get through than others. And we're not meant to go through things alone in life. And sometimes we don't have anyone or we feel like we don't have anyone besides our therapist. And it's a great thing that they are there for those moments when we feel that way. But that's going to be what this week's episode is about. But before we get into it, I wanted to share this week's quote. And it's actually from a TikTok, but I'm going to read the whole text from the TikTok And it says, one of the smartest things someone has ever said to me is, I do whatever I can to have a zero dread calendar. And then this person who posted the tech talk said, I'm a recovering people pleaser and my mind was blown when I first heard this concept. There will always be things that we have to do, but I love using the potential for dread as an indicator for declining or changing something in my life. It forces me to really consider what gets my energy and time and I felt immediate changes once I use this as a barometer. And I really love this, and it's something that I have unintentionally kind of been doing over the last year or so. I just had never articulated it and put it in, into words. But 
I truly feel like this is one of the best ways if you are somebody who is a people pleaser and you feel like you're always saying yes to things even though it may not be what you want to be doing or you know you're just always trying to keep the peace with everyone around you by saying yes to helping people out even when it is greatly inconveniencing you or something of that sort this is a really great way for you to sort of bring attention or be able to highlight those things that are really causing you dread because I think as a people pleaser we sort of just become numb to this point where like saying yes becomes the automatic response and it's habitual and we sort of subconsciously end up being on autopilot when we're you know helping other people out in our lives and that kind of thing and as a result you know we end up with all these things on our schedule that we really probably shouldn't have on our schedule in the first place because they are there out of trying to please others or keep the peace of others. And if you're somebody who's like, you know, I don't even know where to start setting boundaries or, you know, how I should start setting boundaries, this doing this is a really great way for you to be able to recognize those things. So, you know, when you think of looking at your calendar, just really pay attention to how you feel with certain things. You know, say you scheduled to go out to like two brunches this weekend and you're not typically someone that likes to do something social both days of the weekend because it stresses you out because you feel like you can't really prepare yourself adequately for the week ahead, whatever it may be. And you're just saying yes because you don't want to let people down and you want to be there or maybe you have FOMO, whatever it may be. But pay attention to, you know, how that makes you feel to have both of those things on your calendar. And if it's something that does cause some dread, that doesn't mean you have to completely eliminate it from your life, but maybe just reduce the instances of it in your life as much as you can, because that can get you to a place where you are, you know, feeling a lot more peace with your at peace with your decisions and your life in general. And my goal this week is to maintain my habits as much as I can with my provision at work starting this week so basically if you're not in the accounting world provisions are things that happen quarterly so I am on this for like two weeks and then it stops and I don't have it again until the next quarter but during the two weeks it's like pretty much the only thing I work on at work whereas normally I'm working on several different things at a time and it's time consuming and it's something that for a couple of the days during the two weeks I'm kind of just on call and it's really hard because the benefit of it is that it's you know all you're doing for like two weeks and you know that so like you know it has a hard stop whereas a lot of things in the accounting world don't really you know have a hard stop and they feel like they string on for forever and it's just hard because you know in your head on one side you're saying oh it's only two weeks it'll be over soon it has a hard stop whatever but then on the other side during those two weeks you're really I mean if something happens at night that needs taken care of, then it needs to be taken care of, like right then. So it's really hard to live your life, basically. Like I get to a point where I am stressed every time I go to like a workout class, even if I'm going to the workout class at 6.30 p.m., I'm stressing that something happened during the hour I was away. And it's all I can think about during the class. And I know that sounds so terrible, but It's just how it is for a couple of the days during the two weeks that are more of our busier days. And usually it's fine. And I mean, I communicate with my team and everything, but I just don't want to like let all of my habits flush down the drain. But it's really hard because with my provision, we have to actually start working around like 745, 8-ish. And 
that's because our first meeting's at 8.30 and there are things that have to be taken care of before our first meeting. And we have like these meetings every day for about a week. And it's really hard because I that means I have to get up earlier, which I've been starting work around 8, 8.30 anyways lately. So it hasn't been as bad in the past where I was like always starting work at nine and I'm having the you know, completely disrupt my schedule and get on an hour and 15 minutes earlier. So it won't be as hard in that regard, but I recently started meditating and stretching every morning and it's just been really great for my body and my mental health going into the workday. And I don't want to just flush that habit down the drain just because I'm on this provision and I'll be busier. I just really need to make adjustments in my schedule and make sure that I am allowing myself at least, you know, five minutes. It doesn't have to be as long as I have been doing, but even if it's just five minutes in the morning, I need to make sure I'm carving that time out before I start my work day. And same thing with like exercising because it's really the only way I stay sane and it helps me sleep so much better. And I won't really be able to do my lunchtime workouts like I typically do. I'll have to, you know, switch up my schedule and probably go to the latest class in the evening or go super early in the morning at like 5.30 or maybe 6.30. So I kind of have to figure out what I'm going to do there, but I just don't want to let my habits like just wither away just because I'm you know over prioritizing work in that sense so that's my goal for this week and my gratitude for this week I am so thankful for the warmer weather and I can't believe I'm saying that and I hate to like use the weather as a gratitude thing I always say that every time I talk about the weather but I love being able to sit outside when I take my dog on walks and just truly feel how much better I feel when I am able to soak up some sun and get some vitamin D. And I truly am just very thankful that it has been warmer and the weather's been nicer because it does make a big difference in my mood. And I love just the feeling of getting some sun. And I wish more than anything that it could be back in Panama City Beach at home on the beach. But, you know, we'll just have to deal with laying in the grass or laying by my neighborhood pool for now. Um, which is totally fine. And I'm very grateful that I'm even able to do either of those things. But I have just really been noticing the difference in my mood when I make sure I get at least like 30 minutes outside every day. So that is what I am grateful for this week. So let's go ahead and get into my reflections from one year in therapy. And the first thing is learning your values is literally the first step to solving a lot of your problems. And if you would have told me before I had ever gone to therapy that identifying your values and just assessing how you are prioritizing or haven't been prioritizing them in your life is seriously just the backbone. It's the foundation of your life and your ability to problem solve and make decisions And it's so crazy because I just never would have thought that something that simple would be so transformative in my life. And it's one of the first things I did in therapy. Um, The first couple sessions were a lot of me just kind of sharing about where I was at and what I was struggling with, just a lot of like the post-grad struggles. And I was sharing a lot about just all the hard adjustments to my job and how I just I felt very out of place and all of these things and just expressing my struggles as a perfectionist in the workplace and a people pleaser and all of these things and a couple sessions and probably around my fourth session I want to say my therapist was like have you ever done you know a values assessment of any sort and I was just kind of like no I haven't 
And we basically sat down and she had me like get on her computer and I went through a values card sort, which you can literally Google and do it yourself at home. And basically, I I think we split it up in the three categories. And I have an entire podcast episode on this, so I'm not going to go into detail um, from about a year ago, maybe like 10 months ago. I don't know because I don't think I did that episode right after I did it in therapy. But we basically just went through all of these cards that had different values on them and I basically rated them. And then I had to narrow it down to five to seven values. And doing that just really opened my eyes to how misaligned I have been living my life because I have been prioritizing values that weren't truly mine and I was prioritizing things for the sake of pleasing other people or for the way it looks to others for image purposes. So the things that I was, like if you were to look at me from an outside perspective, you'd probably be like, oh, she really values her career she really values achievement and that's because those are the things that I have put so much emphasis on all of my life and really that's how I've lived my life is by valuing those things but they aren't actually my values so once I learned that those were things that I had been you know forcing myself to care about and just which I truly did care about them but it was for the wrong reasons you know it was for the way it looked to other people especially achievement and I had initially said achievement was very important to me. And then when we were narrowing down to the five to seven values, I had this breakthrough moment where I looked at my therapist and I was like, I feel like I need to put achievement down because that's just something that's always been a big part of my life. And it's something that, you know, drives me and motivates me. But then I just kind of looked at her and I was like, but it just doesn't feel like it's my value. And then she said, you know, you've, prioritized it for so long achieving things and you know having these accolades because you know that's where you were deriving a lot of your self-esteem and your confidence and your value from other people is because of how you felt when you would get recognized for those achievements so once I realized that that wasn't really a core value of mine a lot of deconstructing started happening and I was like where am I who am I what am I even doing I started realizing how out of place I felt and it was really uncomfortable and I had a very uncomfortable few months after that happened because it was sort of the undoing of everything that I thought was true about myself but was actually just you know the image I was trying to uphold and it was extremely hard for me to go through all of that because not only was I adjusting to becoming a full-time working adult and working this really intense job that I just didn't really feel like I belonged in that I'm still in now and at the same time trying to do all of this inner work and really relearn what I truly value as a person and so many of us don't even know our own values and we go about our life never identifying them and not knowing them and that keeps you in a constant cycle of running into the same problems over and over again because you're going to be prioritizing things that aren't actually aligned with your true self if you don't even know what your values are and it's crazy because I thought I was going to do this values assessment learn my values and then we were just going to say like okay that's that um moving on we're done but no like it has been something that I have revisited time and time again each time I am making a big decision and even if it's not a big decision I I try to honestly refer to it with any like decision I make really to so that I can be as aligned with my true self and authentic self as possible because 
when I am considering those values, when I'm making decisions and when I am doing things, I am putting myself on a path of being in alignment with my authentic self. Whereas when I am, you know, turning to values that aren't truly mine and I am prioritizing for the sake of the image that they present, then I get on the road of misalignment from my authentic self basically and that's how I've lived so much of my life is not really being aligned with my true self because I've been so image driven and image focused and worried about how people perceive me and worried about pleasing others so I guess to wrap that up in a nutshell learning your values is so transformative and so important and it's something that you can do with or without a therapist but I think with a therapist they can really walk you through the undoing of some of the things that maybe you've been prioritizing and really help walk you through you know what it means to know your values and live a life aligned with your values and how to really do that so I highly recommend trying that out yourself if you haven't before and if you haven't identified your values because Like I said, it is truly the backbone and it's so nice to have something to that is just truly a foundation for me to refer to in times where I'm making a decision and I'm feeling really torn between two things. Typically one of those things I'm considering because of the image it produces and the way it will look to others and then the other thing is much more aligned with my authentic self and my first instinct a lot of times is to go towards the thing that is you know more image focused and image based because that's just how I have made a lot of my decisions in my life thus far but the undoing of that is now having this foundation to lean on and to think of and refer to each time I'm presented with a decision and now instead of just making that decision decision hastily for it being image focused I can actually sit there and ask myself you know okay these are my core values which decision is most in alignment with those core values because as you continue to make decisions that are in alignment with your core values you're just going to build your confidence as you become more and more in alignment with your true self and it's just so nice to have that to refer to when I do get presented with a decision that I need to make and I'm torn between two things because I used to just kind of always go for the thing that looked best to others instead of what was most true to myself And the next thing is even if all you're doing is venting or revisiting the same problem session after session, it's nice to have someone removed from your life to dump it on to so you don't have to dump it time and time again on people in your own life. And this is basically just for anyone who thinks, oh, I don't need therapy, my life is fine. This is like why a therapist can be helpful because, you know, there's some things that we go through in our life where you know, say we're just venting on and on to our significant other or venting on and on to a friend about a work situation, for example. A good friend and a good significant other will listen to you and hear you out. But I don't think that it's fair to expect them to always, you know, be there for you to go to vent to for you know a couple times sure but about the same exact thing many many times it gets to a point where it's not really fair to that person because you just get to a point where you're not making a change like at that point it's in your control and you can try to make a change to help the situation at least 
and you're choosing not to and you're just you know going to the same person with the same problem and it can end up causing some tension or resentment or annoyance with the other person and that's just life that's just how we as humans are in a perfect world we could listen to someone complain about the same thing 80 bajillion times and we would not be bothered but you know that's just not the way things are we're impatient people for the most part I feel like and it can be really helpful to have someone to just hear you out even when you're complaining about the same thing over and over again and chances are if they're they hear you complaining about the same thing over and over again your therapist they will you know recognize the pattern and they're going to help you do something to change something so that you aren't in that situation again but I remember the first after like the first few months of me going to therapy I got to a point which I've talked about and gone through several different things in therapy but I just felt annoying at at one point because I just felt like I kept coming in and just crying about my job and crying about work and I was just like this isn't normal but I just I, I know that, you know, it's growing pains and it's just part of adjusting to this. And I just felt like every session I was kind of going through the same things. But then I was like, you know what, I'm not making a change. So of course I'm going to be coming in here with the same problem. But I always felt really annoying. But then I had the realization that, you know, this is the whole point of me having a therapist is so you know, while I stick out these growing pains because we can't necessarily change our scenario with a snap of our fingers and make things better with one decision and at once, you know, a lot of times we, we, in our lives, we want to make change and maybe we plan on making change or we do make change, but it's not like you just instantly see the results or whatever it may be a lot of times it's a slow process. So we're still going to be feeling a lot of that pain and wanting to vent and wanting to complain during that time, during that slow process. So it's helpful to have someone to go to that's removed from your life that's, you know, not going to, maybe they do get annoyed with you, but they're not going to express that as a therapist. But that's what they're there for, for you to just let it all out, even if it means doing it five sessions in a row you'll eventually get to a point where, you know, they will help you get, start to make a change and figure out how you can make a change. And it's just nice to know that you have someone that you can go to, to vent about those things and to just really, you know, let it all out. Because like I said, I just felt like I was annoying, but then I had the realization that, oh, that's the whole point of me going is to, you know, have this person to confide in and just, you know, go to when things happen that make me upset. And it just, I I just got to a point where I felt, Like I was always addressing the same thing, just bringing it up in different ways. But that's okay because through all of that, I have, you know, now gotten to a point where I have made changes with my job. You know, I've set boundaries, I've moved teams and things have gotten better. And I wouldn't have taken that initiative if I didn't have someone to go to vent to and help encourage me to set those boundaries and help encourage me to try and make those changes in my work life so that I wouldn't keep coming back with the same problems because, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I don't know who said that quote, but whoever said that quote, it's true. I mean, like, if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something to change, you know, that's just not really how life works usually. So um, I think that goes hand in hand with that point. 
and next some sessions will be more difficult than others and it's okay to cry I cried in my very first therapy appointment, literally in my first 15 minutes of the appointment, because when the therapist was just kind of asking questions to sort of like learn about me, and it was just kind of that first meeting, I don't really remember exactly what she said. I think I talked about it in my YouTube video where I talked about my first therapy appointment, but I just ended up like it was just waterworks instantly, and it was virtual, and I remember feeling so ashamed that I was crying because I was like, I literally haven't even gotten to anything yet. And here I am sobbing, like what's wrong with me? And it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. And it can feel uncomfortable to cry, especially when you're just like sitting across from someone in a room and you just start crying, especially when you don't really know them, because that's a thing. Like I can be emotionally vulnerable around people that I'm very, very close to, but being emotionally vulnerable on a deep level is something that I struggle with with people that I don't know as well so just crying in front of someone that you just genuinely don't know but they happen to know like everything about you can feel a little uncomfortable but that's okay it's okay to cry it's good to cry and if anything I've learned don't try to hold back the tears because it just makes things awkward not awkward but you just feel more awkward because you're like trying to talk and breathe but you can't because you're holding back tears and that happens to me all the time especially when I go in person I will you know my eyes will start to well up when I'm talking about something and I try to suppress it and my therapist is like it's okay you can cry and then I'm like okay you're ready to cry and then but it's always like when I'm trying to suppress it I like start losing my breath and I'm like wait I'm literally making this worse for myself and there are even times where I will talk about something this actually happened recently and I didn't really realize it was something that made me so emotional but I started talking about it and I kind of got that lump in my throat you know what I mean and it's crazy because we were having our session virtually and my therapist literally noticed she was like I noticed when you said that it sounded like you kind of got a little bit choked up for a second I didn't start crying like I was I didn't have tears in my eyes I didn't have any pauses and she still picked that up like she is a therapist a good therapist is like trained to just recognize those things And when they recognize that something, you know, elicits that type of response in you, it's good because then you can, you know, figure out why it's making you feel that way and, you know, get to the bottom of it if you can. And with some sessions being more difficult than others, I just want to say it's really hard sometimes because sometimes like the achiever in me wants every session to be just like this groundbreaking, really transformative thing. But sometimes it's not that way. Sometimes I'm literally just going in and I'm, you know, complaining about something that happened at work and how it made me feel. Or maybe I am just, you know, ruminating on the same thing over and over again and I just need to talk about that. Or revisit something that we had talked about in another therapy session. And, you know, slow progress is still progress. Just because it's not this transformative, groundbreaking discovery about yourself or, you know, just because you weren't super duper vulnerable one day doesn't mean it wasn't productive you know you're still doing good for yourself by showing up and going and the next thing is you will feel worse before you feel better and that's okay and what I mean by this is I had this idea in my head that I would start therapy and I would just become so much better in terms of my mental health and in terms of just my relationship with myself And I was really focused on healing when I started therapy. Like heal was my word of 2022. And I just thought that I was going to go in and I was just going to chit chat 
and things would get better with each session and I would just share what I needed to share and then I would learn something and then I'd take it home with me and you know I'd frolic through the flowers and things would be great not really but you get the point but what I have realized is that a lot of times the things you learn about yourself in therapy and sometimes some of the sessions you know you are going to feel like crap afterwards because It's just a lot of emotional vulnerability and learning about yourself and all of that can be so difficult to process when it's something that's, you know, maybe new to you or something, maybe it's an emotion that you shoved under the rug that you never really took the time to deal with and you brought it up in therapy and now, you know, the band-aids ripped off and you have this open wound that you're having to, you know, really tend to and heal afterwards after the therapy session. And it's always that after part you know maybe it's the day of or the few days after but sometimes it just lingers and some days or some sessions you're going to feel a lot worse before you feel better but then you do eventually feel better and I just remember when I was having a really difficult time last summer and I just felt super lost after doing that values card sort assessment it was just crazy because I did that values card sort assessment and I felt like I had just done something so great for myself and I had but I felt that way during the session and I was almost on this high of like wow like this this was really productive and really great and I really feel like I got a lot out of this and I thought I was just going to walk away from the session and then everything that didn't make sense before that I was like oh I'm just going to walk out and everything's going to be great and make sense and things are going to be easy from here now that I've done this no I during all of the unlearning that happened after that with undoing all of the values that I thought were mine in my head that I really just had there for the way it looked to other people like undoing all of that was so uncomfortable and so painful and really just a very tough process to go through for several months that left me feeling very lost and things were really bad but then you know they started getting better and that is how a lot of things go in therapy I think you know you learn something and while you're sitting there Maybe it's really difficult for you or while you're sitting there, maybe it makes you feel hopeful and then you go back to your reality and you just feel crushed because, you know, the realization of learning that new thing is just really tough to deal with and maybe there's something you have to unlearn or maybe you're just tending to a wound or something, but things can get worse before they get better and they will and you will feel worse before you feel better sometimes and that's okay. You can't put these expectations for the way that you're going to take what you learned in therapy and apply them to your life like you really can't have these set expectations for yourself because it's going to be different depending on what you're dealing with you know and that's the hard thing and next the next thing I learned in therapy is that no amount of avoidance and time will heal things that you never tended to Basically what I mean by this, one another way to put it, is the time heals all quote is only true if you actually do the work to heal, believe it or not. Um, groundbreaking, I know. But you all know, if you've been listening to my podcast for a long time, I am the queen of shoving things under the rug and avoiding them at all costs if they are something that was difficult that I went through or if it's something that made me uncomfortable. Basically any uncomfortable emotion, I am just like, I can't deal with this I don't want to deal with this and I just shove it under the rug and keep trudging forward 
and that's how I've lived majority of my life and what I learned is that with going to therapy there are so many things that I have gone through in my life that I never that I kind of went through alone I guess you could say for the most part and I just sort of sort of shoved everything about those things under the rug and never really dealt with them and then now I'm literally dealing with them as a literal adult many years later and really trying to heal from them now and it's a lot harder now because there are things that I like never got closure from or that just really bother me to be dealing with this much later but it's better to take the time to heal now than to never take the time to heal and I just kind of always thought that you know if I just didn't deal with this emotion and I if I just keep moving forward and don't really pay any mind to it then I won't have to deal with it and everything will be fine and that's kind of how I just dealt with anything that hurt me really and lo and behold here I am a almost 25 year old dealing with the consequences of shoving things under the rug that hurt me so many years ago because I you know, ended up putting up walls as a result, as a result, and I ended up, you know, changing so many things about myself and the way I am because of shoving things under the rug. Because that was how I was trying to protect myself from going through that same hurt again. But that ended up causing collateral damage, and it's just this whole mess when you try to avoid things and expect time to do the work for you. Because time isn't going to do the work for you unless you take the time to actually heal yourself. And yes, time heals all if you are initiating that healing and following through with it. Then like, yes, with time, things will be better. But you can't just go through something really hard or really traumatic or really upsetting, whatever it may be, and just stamp time heals all onto it and keep moving forward and expect things to get better. And temporarily, you may find that things are better and things are fine because you're not having to deal with it or think about it. But it's definitely going to sneak up on you at some point when you don't expect it or it's going to hit you randomly years later and you're going to be wishing that you took the time to heal initially rather than trying to shove it under the rug. And the next thing is that you will learn more about yourself, which I'm sure everyone could guess, but it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. I learned that there are parts of me that I thought were broken or wrong I guess you could say and me thinking that about myself is really just me not accepting myself and always expecting perfection from myself that's like one thing that I learned and that was really liberating for me to learn because you know if I I would tell myself that you know that there were all these expectations for me and what I was going to achieve and who I was going to be and anytime I fell short of that or maybe I didn't even try for something I would tell myself you know that something was wrong with me or I was broken or blah 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 and I would blame it on myself whereas that was just me not accepting myself as I am instead of like loosening up the expectations that I had over myself and allowing myself to exist and just be who I am And then some of the more ugly things that I learned about myself. I have learned in therapy that I am a lot more reactive than I thought I was. And 
what I mean by this is I think a good way to put it in perspective is I always think of how people describe Aries, like the zodiac sign. And I'm not like somebody that blames my behavior or my actions on my zodiac sign. Do I think that there is some truth to, you know, astrology? I do believe there is some sort of something to it. I, you know, believe in God and I believe God, you know, created the universe and these, I feel like that it it exists because God created it. And I don't know, maybe that's (laughs) my way of thinking, but I don't, I don't necessarily have, I don't live and breathe by it like it's my Bible. You know what I mean? But I do think that there is some sort of a little bit of, you know, truth there to it. And I do notice common themes with Zodiac related things. Anyways, um, I wanted to say that the typical, I feel like stereotype of an Aries is that, you know, they're very rambunctious and impulsive. And I've never thought that I fit that stereotype, but I am impulsive when it comes to reactions. Like I am very reactive, like I emotionally, I guess you could say, which it's funny because I shove a lot of things under the rug, but that initial feeling, everything is just so reactive. And I'm just like always in like this fight or flight and like could combust any second type of existence that's just how I am and that's like one thing that I learned about myself is that you know I don't necessarily have to react to every thought I have and every feeling I have for example and that's kind of why I've started meditating and my meditating literally just looks like me focusing on my breathing and counting to four as I breathe in holding the breath for for four seconds and then breathing out for as long as I feel like doing it in the mornings And it's been such a game changer for me because it forces me to realize like, oh, I don't have to react to any of these thoughts that are coming through my head right now. And I'm kind of undoing all of that emotional reactivity that I have because normally I think something and I'm instantly reacting to it internally. Like I may not outwardly express it, but I'm very reactive internally and that's not fun to deal with. So it's been really great meditating because I've gotten to a point now where it's like, oh, you know, this, yeah, this thought entered my head, but I don't have to pay any mind to it. Like I can just let it go. Whereas it used to be every single thought that entered my mind, I thought that I needed to have an explanation for it or I needed to do something about it and I needed to act on it. And that is just an extremely exhausting way to live. But some other things that I learned about myself, um, For example, one trait that I've always had is I have always, you know, wanted the absolute best for people in my life, but to a toxic point almost. And I didn't realize this before therapy. And what I mean by this is I would like say I had a friend and like they told me, they would tell me about a dream they had for themselves. I see people for their full potential rather than seeing them where they're at. And that's a good thing when they need some inspiration and when you're really wanting to be an encouraging encouraging and inspiring friend. But most of the time, people in your life need you to meet them where they're at and not, you know, push something onto them or any unrealistic standards because of the perception that you have in your mind of who they could be. And it's also toxic in the sense that I got into a lot of 
relationship, not a lot of, I say a lot of, like I've like dated a billion people, but I've gotten into relationships and I have based the relationship off of who I thought that person could be as a significant other rather than who they were showing me they are. And that's not good. (laughs) And it's so much better, you know, to meet people where they're at and accept them as they are because not only does it save you a lot of hurt from, you know, the inevitable disappointment of someone not living up to the full potential that you have, you know, painted them to be in your head, but you're also not holding them to an unrealistic standard. And a lot of times they don't even know that you've set that standard in your head. And that's something that I've really been, you know, working on and doing a lot better with, with like friendships and just, you know, like my relationship now and everything, just meeting people where they're at instead of, you know, seeing them for who they could be of their full potential. And it's, it's a great trait to have because when you, that just means you have a lot of faith in your friends and like the people you love and you believe in them and you want the best for them. And I think all of that is a great and beautiful thing, but if that's all you can do and you can't meet people where they're at or see them for who they are, that is going to cause some problems and it can get to be a little toxic. And that is something that I struggled with for so long. And I think a lot of the reason why I struggle with people pleasing is because of this, because I am somebody that is always, you know, thinking from the perspective of other people, you know, how could I you know, be the best version of me to them. And as a result, I end up doing the exact same thing in my life by, you know, placing these expectations in my head of who I think someone could be. And I am forcing them to be in a position to where, you know, they may feel pressured to meet that expectation and please me. So it's kind of like this cycle of like, I do it because of people pleasing and then I displace it on someone else and it becomes people pleasing, which isn't good. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's definitely something I learned about myself through going to therapy. And I think part of me learning that was also just me growing up and becoming an adult. And going off of that, um, it's better to heal sooner rather than later. So you don't carry behaviors and traumas through your future friendships, relationships, and family. This was one of the big inspirations for me starting therapy. Um, There were a number of reasons why I decided to finally go to therapy, but one of them is so I could heal, like I said earlier, and not keep carrying on things that I had been struggling with for the rest of my life. And I wanted those things to, you know, stop at me. And I got to the point where I knew I needed help and that's ultimately why I like finally booked a therapy appointment and because I had access to it finally um through work since I get it for free through work or I get I think I get like 24 sessions through work for free a year and which is so nice and I'm very thankful for that but what I mean by this is if anything if you get if you don't take anything from this episode let it be this you know it's even if it's something that happened to you 10 years ago It's better to heal sooner rather than later so you don't carry that with you. And there's, I I just think that we store so much, I mean, I don't think, I know it's scientifically proven that we store a lot of trauma and the things we go through in our bodies. And I just know that, you know, when you have kids one day, you know, you're going to carry on 
those same behaviors and the way you are is often a, you know, response or a coping mechanism to protect yourself from something that happened to you before, but it may not be the healthiest thing in the world. And then if that's how you deal with your problems, well, what's going to happen when your children see that that's how you deal with your problems? They're going to do the same thing and it's just going to be a generational cycle. And I, you know, got to the point where I was like, I just never want, you know, my child, I don't know why I was thinking about my future children, but I think I had read it in a book or maybe saw it on a quote or something. I don't really know, but I think something initiated that thought in my head of if I don't do something about this now, this hurt that I'm feeling and this pain, like if I don't do anything about it, then my children are going to you know deal with their stuff the same exact way and they're going to be going through this. And I felt so horrible that I knew I would never want my child or anyone I love for that matter to go through what I was going through and as a result I was like you know I need to take the time to heal now because I want to be as emotionally mature and emotionally just stable as a parent as I can be am I going to do things perfectly absolutely not but I at least want to heal from the things that have hurt me so I don't go into you know being a wife or being a friend or being a mother with all of this baggage that I never took the time to heal from because it's going to impact those relationships of course so really just thinking about my future self in that regard and next is just because you've always prioritized something doesn't mean it's actually one of your values and I know I kind of already mentioned this but I wanted to kind of give an example of it And for me, that was achievement. I have cared so much in my life about achievement and I've always prioritized it. I, in high school, it was just about being at the top of my class and really, you know, doing everything I can to achieve that goal and then, you know, get a full ride scholarship to college somewhere. And then in college, it was to achieve the shiniest job I possibly could. And then I did that. But then I got to the job and I was like, wait, how did I get here? Why am I here? I don't even care about this. And it's because I was driven by achievement and driven by these values that weren't truly mine. So then now as a result, here I am feeling misaligned as ever because I was making decisions based off of values that weren't truly mine. And another example is safety. So safety is one of my core values. It actually is like truly mine. But I think that the degree that I prioritize it is harmful to myself. And I think that some of your core values, they are really better in smaller doses compared to others. And what I mean by this is I kind of, the way I live my life, I sort of let safety drive the the car, drive the boat, whatever you want to say, and I let it have a lot more of a say-so than it should, and I prioritize it as a core value more than any of my core, other core values, and it's in a very disproportionate way, and it shouldn't be that way, and safety, for example, is something that I've always prioritized. I quite literally, when I was deciding on a college major, I would which I think that this is good advice for someone who doesn't know what they want to do, but I think that you need to know your core values before you do this. And I didn't, which is where things kind of went wrong. And when I was choosing my college major, I was quite literally going on the Bureau of Labor Statistics. I don't know what 18-year-old flipping does this, but apparently I do. 
And I was going on the Bureau of Labor Statistics and looking at the average salary. I was looking at the prospective growth of that field. I was looking at the schooling required. I was looking at how in demand the job was in different regions of the U.S. based off of where I thought I would maybe be living. I was getting to that like granular of a level of detail with picking a major because I needed something safe and I wanted something safe. I wanted more than anything to be able to provide for myself and my future family without having the stress about paying bills because I was in a position where stressing about money was just controlling my existence and I was so worried about how I was, you know, going to make it through college and I knew I had a full ride scholarship but I knew that, you know, all the other expenses, just groceries and everything like that. I was like, what how is this going to work? And I was like, I'm going to have to have a job to pay off these student loans. So which I think is something that you definitely should take into consideration, you know, when you are choosing what you major in. If you're having to take out a boatload of loans, it is my personal opinion, which you don't have to agree with, that, you know, maybe you should make a more cost-effective decision with your major and or the school you're going to. Because there are ways to still do what you want to do without necessarily having a specific degree from a specific school. And it's better to, you know, not get yourself in a lot of financial trouble just to do something that you could have done you know maybe for a lot less money at a local school or something and it's hard it's a hard pill to swallow when you're 18 years old especially when people around you are going to you know super expensive schools and getting to major in whatever they want to major in because they aren't you know thinking about money really and that's just life and that's how it is but what I wanted to say with safety for example is Like I was at work the other day and in the office and my senior and then one of my senior managers, we were all kind of sitting side by side, sort of like facing a window. I don't really know that detail doesn't matter, but we were just kind of all talking. And when I'm in office with the senior, we're we're always like chit chatting while we're working, working. And her and I are alike in the sense that we both feel very misplaced and we are both creatives at heart and I would say we both want to live very soft lives but here we are climbing a corporate ladder you know and she had asked our senior manager which if you don't know anything about the hierarchy of public accounting it's you go the order goes like staffer associate senior manager senior manager and then typically like executive director partner and there's some you know some other random titles within there but that's the general structure and my senior manager so this is somebody that you know is a good bit older than me about like six years older than me and has a lot more experience obviously my friend that's a senior asked me and the senior manager you know she was like oh well what did what did y'all want to do when you were little like or what did you want to do when you were in high school and we all had things that were creative fields or more creative and there we are all sitting as CPAs and tax accountants. And it was just kind of like this, how did we get here moment? And I was like, wow, I literally said, well, it seems like we're just a bunch of misplaced creatives. And then my senior manager said, or we're just a bunch of risk averse creatives, which that I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're so right. Not only are we misplaced, it's it, we're misplaced because we're risk averse, basically. And that's kind of how I realized I kind of why and how I got into accounting, you know? I, you know, did I want to do journalism in college? Yes, which a lot of y'all probably don't know that because I just don't really talk about it. 
But that was what I really wanted to do. My dream was literally to go to NYU and do journalism. And I was very discouraged from doing that by a lot of people because of the prospective outlook of what being a journalist was like and then the loans it would require no matter where I went to school, especially if I went to NYU, but no matter where I went to school, the loans it would require for a job that, you know, does not pay a lot. And I was just discouraged from doing it. So that was my dream. And, you know, I think of how I was 18 years old and that was my dream. And then, you know, I realized I had the reality check of, you know, okay, I'm going to need something safe that can pay my bills. And then as a result, because of me prioritizing safety in that moment, making those decisions, that's how I ended up where I am today. But just because I prioritize safety doesn't mean it's, you know, one of my values, which is one of my core values. And because I do think that stability is something that I do genuinely care a lot about. And it's something that helps me be and feel more at peace, which is important to me. So, but I do think that I over-prioritize it. Um, But I think achievement's more of a better example of something I prioritized that wasn't actually truly one of my values. And the next thing is nothing changes if nothing changes. I mean this in like across the board with anything. And I think having a therapist is extremely helpful if you're someone who struggles with knowing something needs to change, but not knowing how to change or what actionable steps you need to take because your therapist can help give you examples and sort of give you homework for how to take small steps towards making changes. And that's, I think, one of the best things about therapy is that a lot of times I think most of us in life, when we are feeling discontent, uncomfortable, not satisfied, whatever it may be, we know something needs to change deep down subconsciously. But I'd say most of the time, most of us don't ever make that effort to change because it's either too scary or we don't know what step to take first or we just don't even really know what to do. And having a therapist can really help you get past that hill of, okay, I know something needs to change, but how do I start that change or what do I do to start this change and initiate it? And it's so helpful because, you know, like my therapist has truly set like, deadlines and boundaries with me in the sense uh, or not boundaries really but like deadlines as in like okay you know you're going to do x y and z by our next appointment to help make this change or start this change or to do this or you're going to have made a decision about this by this day because if you don't you know you're just going to keep having the same problems and that is helpful for me because I am somebody that will avoid making a decision like the plague because I hate making decisions because of the fear of making the wrong decision and having someone to truly like set those deadlines for me and help me take steps to where you know they're like holding my hand through the process of making the change is really really helpful and I've definitely always been someone that would know something would need to change and just hope something would happen to make the change for me and that is literally never how life is and nothing will ever change or ever get done if that's how you go about living your life and the next thing is as a perfectionist I don't have to be number one at everything I do and this one has been so hard to unlearn because I've sort of always just lived my life thinking that anything I like was going after or trying for I needed to be the absolute best at it and 
that is just a really exhausting way to live because you are going like 150% all the time towards everything you're doing. I'm just somebody who gives my all and then some to everything I care about and everything I do, even if I don't care about it. And that is really exhausting because we don't have 150% to give to a million different areas, you know? So learning that it's okay to just, you know, do something and suck at it and learning that it's okay to do something and maybe suck at it at first but then get better or it's okay to do something and just be mediocre at it it's so liberating to just let go of that expectation that you put on yourself that everything has to be perfect or it shouldn't be done at all and I don't know why it took therapy for me to learn that but it did and it truly is so liberating to just like allow myself to have room to make mistakes and allow myself to not be perfect because I approach things a lot more differently now because of that and I have a lot more of a healthy mindset with trying new things because of that so I am really grateful for that but that is everything I have for this week's episode I hope that it was helpful or insightful for you all and to be completely honest I've only scratched the surface and really the tip of the iceberg when it comes to unpacking what I need to in therapy there have been things that I have just sort of like briefly mentioned and then it made me really uncomfortable to mention it so I just sort of like changed topic and then my therapist is like okay can we revisit that and I like try to but I'm never 100% fully transparent which is not good don't follow my footsteps for that but I find myself sometimes still in situations trying to maintain my image in front of my therapist as if that matters as if she even knows who I am like in terms of my like day-to-day life like she knows a lot about me internally but like I don't know why I'm so worried about my image with someone that it truly doesn't matter with. And that is like kind of what I'm unpacking and working on now is being able to like fully just let myself be me in front of her and fully be 100% honest instead of, you know, packaging the way I deliver and say certain things to where it, you know, sounds better or whatever it may be or doesn't affect my image in whatever way. And it's so unhealthy to live that way. But that's kind of what I'm working through now and I have so much more progress to make in therapy but I've made so much so far and I feel like it's truly helped me you know grow into the person I am today and grow through a lot of what I've gone through and I have you know started the healing process from a lot of things and I feel like I have completed it for some things um, some things are still a work in progress but ultimately I can't recommend therapy enough if you you know have a way to do it I definitely recommend if you know especially if you work for like a larger company chances are there may be some sort of therapy benefit that you get through your company so definitely look into that but I hope you all did enjoy this episode and thank you so much for listening be sure to follow in bloom podcast on instagram it's just at in bloom podcast and follow me on my personal social media if you want to it's at abby period aslan on instagram and abigail aslan on tiktok And then I have my YouTube channel where I upload weekly. So definitely be sure to check that out too. And I love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you next week.